everyone. This is Untitled, that JPEG podcast where we talk about art, movies, and anything that comes to mind. For this episode, we're going to have Craig Franco. We met back at FIT first year, and we've been friends ever since. Super tight. Um, he is an NYC-born and raised tattoo artist based in Eastside, Inc., while doing freelance work when he's not at his booth. He's been featured in Art Basel, Image Gallery, Man- Managery Gallery? Whatever, however you say that, and countless other shows. Um, we got into his huge collection of figures and how that really started. You got to see that room, man. Crazy. As well as his time in school and the struggles of figuring out what it, he really wanted from that and, you know, from his experience going through all of that. And you're not going to believe what his favorite Bruce Willis movie is. I promise you, you're not going to guess it. All right, guys. Enjoy the show. Also, one more thing that I forgot. Um, I didn't get any of his pluggables after the show, so I'm going to do it now. You can follow him on Instagram, Twitter, everything. It's going to be Craig Franco. K-R-E-G-F-R-A-N-C-O. And that's also his website at www.craigfranco.com where you can see all his portfolio work. Um, his Behance is linked to that website as well and all of that. He also has a great tea public shop that you can get a lot of his work on great t-shirts and everything. So make sure to get into that. That you could also find through his Instagram and website. Um, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe for the podcast because, you know, I want to get this out there. And please let me know if you enjoy the show, what I could work on. Um, we'll love all your feedback. All right. Now for sure. Enjoy the show. So what's up, dude? How you been? Busy day? I'm good. Uh, my day was good. I look a little crazy because I've been working all day, seven in the morning, going to the city, Manhattan, and then right, right. in the process of moving. Um, just got back from the new place, moving some stuff, and now we're doing this awesome podcast. Oh, thanks, you, man. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, you happen to be like one of the first people to like just tell me about like making a podcast so honestly if it wasn't for you I wouldn't actually be doing something like this so I I gotta thank you for for like you know inspiring me to actually go at it and like develop a whole outline and like make this whole thing happen so yeah man thank you for that um yeah, of course. I needed you on this podcast because you're one of my best friends and to start off this whole podcast journey I want to you know talk to you get pick your pick your brain because you are like you're killing it right now you're doing tattooing you're freelancing like straight out of college and everything so I just kind of want to get to know you in that sense I want everybody to know how you got to, to doing all of that so yeah I want to start with you know, like how you started with art, like what made you get into it, you know? Okay. Um, well, I'm happy to be here first, dude. This is Thank exciting. You. I've never done anything yeah, yeah. like this. We're sounding crisp and good. But all right. So art, man, uh, there was never a time that art wasn't in the brain for me. Uh, I definitely believe you know, me, you, a bunch of artists are born with this creative thing. So as as long as I remember, art has been in the picture, so to speak. So I can, I don't know when memories start for me, but maybe four years old. 
um i had coloring books and stuff and i don't know i didn't really like to color but i loved to draw the pictures in the coloring books or there's spider-man toy story buzz lightyear stuff i loved drawing and my parents knew it um and going into elementary school in queens at uh, public school and uh, just in class doing the art projects and stuff, you know, teachers always encouraged me that, oh, keep drawing, keep drawing, because I guess it was a little more, I don't know, recognizable, the things I was drawing than just the stick figures and stuff like that, which I'm blessed to, to have that as a kid. Um, but really, I always loved superheroes. I always loved action figures, and I was drawing action figures. I would pause parts of my favorite movies like Ninja Turtles and literally pause it for like an hour and start drawing in in a sketchbook that I had when I was like five you know what I mean just like yeah, that's awesome construction paper <laughs> sketchbook with different colors and stuff like that yeah dude. yeah um, yeah VHS covers I would just copy them just copy I remember a um Jurassic Park three maybe VHS or DVD co uh, cover that I drew on college ruled paper uh -huh. and it was a Raptor and it had the logo and everything behind his head. And oh, I, I cut the logo separately and then cut out the Raptor and put the logo behind the Raptor's head and then stapled it. I have Yo, it somewhere. Dude. I'm wow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I would love to see it. Maybe um, I could put it up on here to show, to show everyone. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. I, I hope we get it. And um, but yeah, dude, that's where it started. Just like no one really telling me what to do. But I was just drawing all the time. By the time I was like eight, nine, ten, DVDs were, you know, a regular thing that came with the two disc special edition and like Monsters, Inc. and Pixar movies. I would just put on the special features for hours. See these guys sculpting Mr. Incredible's face, Sully. Oh, wow. And just dude. Seeing that I was like, man, I want to do that you know i don't know what that meant but these guys are making movies and the characters that i love and it's their job so come fourth grade i was going on the pixar website and looking at the the hiring section no way wow that early i remember yeah i remember there being a little um uh mike wazowski and he had his little work hat on yeah yeah like, yeah hiring at Pixar. And it was like all these things, not that I was applying, but it was like, wow. So this is how it happens. You just have to put your name in and you get hired. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, you know, so uh, I went to a, a public elementary school for the first few years. Uh, I finished elementary school and private school. Uh, middle school was private school. This is all in Queens uh, represent. And then um my eighth grade teacher or seventh grade teacher, our teacher was like, listen, there is art high schools out there. There's schools that you can apply to that are dedicated to art. And boom, that was it for me, man. I was like, I need to go to an art high school. Right. So what are we like 12, 13, 14 at that time? I applied to art and design in Manhattan and I applied to Frank Sinatra in Astoria, Queens. And my heart was in Frank Sinatra, dude. I wanted to go there so bad. It was a 10-minute walk from the apartment. Um, 
That's where I wanted to go. I didn't even want to go to art and design. No way. Just did the audition because my teachers told me to do it. So Frank Sinatra was the dream school. Beautiful. New. It was just built that year. Uh, 20, 2009, 2009, something like right, that. Right, right. And I didn't get in, dude. They didn't, they didn't get me in. So uh, Did they say why? Or did they just give you like that cancellation kind of letter? Like, no. It's you... like, sorry, you, you didn't get in. Wow. So, Damn. That was a hit. That was a hit. You know what I mean? Because I, I mean, I don't consider myself a cocky guy, but I was confident in my ability. Yeah, yeah. School. You know and that's, mean? that's so, something that me and Nico talked about as well, where it's like, you're coming from, you know, public school, but with you private school, where it's art isn't per se the biggest thing in there. It's at most times it's something that's basically defunded where it's like the teacher is is paying for all the supplies and everything so when they have that one good student they you know give you that ego boost like oh yeah i'm the man i'm gonna be fine everywhere i go i'll probably i'm gonna be the best so then come to like stuff like this where you don't get accepted it's just like oh hold on let me reevaluate you know what i mean so yeah no yeah, continue sure, dude. Yeah, so I didn't get into Frank Sinatra. I didn't know why. That beat me up bad. That beat me up bad. But I got into art and design. There was like flying colors. They really wanted me to go in there. And reluctantly, you know, I knew it was better than going to my zone uh, public school or staying in the private school, which I didn't want at the time at all. Um, and the, the public school was pretty rough, which was uh, by Queensbridge houses. Um, so I went to art and design. And that's pretty much where everything was cemented for me. As a ninth grader, you're like 14 years old. You have two periods of design foundation every day, just teaching you the fundamentals of drawing from life, um, still lives, designing, color, composition, all that good stuff that we all have to know, you know? And I loved it every day. Um, and when I got there, um, it was, it was pretty easy. You know what I mean? Like I, it came very naturally. Um, and the first year of arm design, no matter what major you are, photography, film, fashion, everyone has to take the design foundation. So not everyone is, uh, adept in the field of drawing realistically from life. So among the people I was obviously, um, someone to, to be like watched from the teachers to see what my progress was and if I was worth investing in. Um, and yeah, that first year was great. I made a lot of great friends that are still my friends to this day. Nico, who you just had on your last podcast. Right. Um, great photographers, Daquan Nelson. I mean, just amazing people that are still in my life to this day doing what they love and it's so inspiring so art and design was huge for that it really cemented in what my career path was paving out to be so um come like end of freshman year the city had to choose three or four people artists to go to a camp for a month out in connecticut uh called bucks rock camp and I met a lot of great people there too. 
and uh, I made a cool Captain America shield and was just drawing, painting every day. So I had a lot of like art opportunities, super blessed to meet a lot of people that really wanted to see me grow and expand and stretch me and come uh, the summer after freshman year, that same summer I went to camp, I got into a program at Frank Sinatra in the summer. And the same teacher that had me for the audition the year before that, that didn't let me in was my teacher. That no summer. way. I was just going to ask. So and, how'd uh, that go? Yeah. Yeah, dude. So that was, that was interesting. I was there with a few other people from Martin Design. Um, Brendan Cecilio, he was there, also an artist. And um, so I remember like two weeks in, I dropped in like, you know, I, I tried to try out for this school because she was like, so where are yeah, you yeah, at? And yeah. I'm like, I'm at art design. And I was like, you, you guys, I didn't get in. I didn't say you didn't let me in. I said, I didn't get into the school. And she was like, she was like, what? How, we didn't let you in. That's horrible. I don't know what happened. So that was kind of like a closed door there. But then she tried to open it back up again. She was like, listen, I'll give you a private audition when everyone's at lunch. No way. And I'll say that you got into the school. And I was like, really? I was like, you'll do that? She was like, yeah. So uh, I said yes. And we had a private audition. Jane Kahn is her name. And uh, we, uh, I just had to draw her assistant from life. And then basic little stuff just to see if you, if you can draw. Right. Um, and she was like, yeah, this is great, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, ultimately... I decided that I'm going to stick to art and design, man. It, it, it was it was a hard choice, you know, because it was literally a 10 minute walk from the apartment my family was at, at the time. And I stuck to art and design. I remember telling everyone at art and design, I was like, listen, I, I, I'm going to Frank Sinatra, all this stuff. And then um, I, I pulled back, man. I was like, I got to go to art and design. I, these, I met two like amazing people, people that are too cool in the heart of Manhattan. I can't give that up, you know? So, uh, so that was your reason for staying with that? With pretty uh, much. Art and yeah, design? Yeah, yeah, you know? It was the people that I met, the teachers that invested in me, and the, just the culture of Manhattan, you know? I didn't want to be just that Queens kid stuck in Queens. Right, right. Because going to the school, getting on the train every day with strangers at that young age is scary, you know? And it really, like, you get really invested in the culture of New York. Um. The biggest years at Arn Design were the last two years, which was junior year and senior year. There was an AP art class where you get art credit, uh, college credit for art that you know gets pushed into your college career that yeah. you have to do those less credits, right? And it was just a portfolio building class. And that's when I met um, Devon Rodriguez, and uh, uh, Melissa Gauchin and just a lot of people that are just amazing. And um, speaking of which, I want you to tell us your side of the story of of being in that classroom with uh, Devon and realizing that this guy is in pure competition with you the whole time without you even realizing. So I want to, because I All saw right. his podcast with uh, um that comedian max max white something max like white that. max white i'm max, so sorry max talks yeah, yeah 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 so in that podcast in particular um yeah we heard his side of the story how like 
him coming into that school and then people just telling him like Craig is the man he's he's the one that's on top and like him going crazy trying to like get better the whole year to like like compete with you and then he he manages to be in the same classroom as you sits right next to you like all right this is my this is the time I'm, I'm gonna just like beat Craig and then you guys end up being like friends like instantly when he actually talks with you. So let's see your side of the story on that end. All right. So this is AP art, 11th grade. I really stuck to myself in high school. I had my friends. I'm a nerd. Um, wasn't good at talking with girls, anything like that. So I didn't hang out with anyone after school. I went right. to school, stuck to my friend group, of awesome people and then went home and did my homework and, and drew and play video games. So I didn't have an, a, like a real knowledge of the social culture at the school. So um, like I said, I was confident in my abilities knowing that I was, I was good. You know what I mean? But I didn't know how much people just used to talk about me badly at that too. You know, a lot of people didn't like me and I had no idea. I was just going to school. Yeah, you know, man. I mean, you just you made crap. those enemies. Man, it's like you just do <laughs> your own thing and you make enemies just trying to be a nice guy. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh so by the time I'm in junior year, Devon Rodriguez, if you haven't heard about him, he's the dude that draws the subway people on TikTok. And he comes into the classroom and he already had this vendetta against me that I had no idea. He just knew me as quote unquote, the best artist in the school, which I wasn't because there was a, so many great artists um, that I looked yeah, up to. Yeah. And he came to sit next to me to compete against me, to prove to himself that he was better than me. And he went, he was training and everything like that. And I had no idea. It was just this guy I didn't know coming to sit next to me. They, you know, the first few days were just drawing not really talking too much. Everyone's new to each other. It's like a, an advanced course. It's pretty serious. And then we we had this other guy sit next to us. Um, I'm just going to say the story. Go ahead, and, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, uh, he was like, he was chilling with us the first few days and we were vibing. It's probably like week two now. Me, him, Devon, another guy named Jared Matos, who's the man. And uh, this kid comes and he's like, yo, you're not going to believe what I just did. And we're like, yo, what happened? What'd you do, man? He was like, yo, <laughs> he, was like, he was like, I kissed so-and-so. And the so-and-so was also a dude, right? And we're like, what? What were you talking about? We didn't know you were like that. And then he was like, um, he's like, nah, nah. He's like, it didn't count because we put a napkin in between. It was a dare. <laughs> And then I was like, Devon was, uh, we were just like, hey, yo. And I was like, yo, I was like, yo, I don't play those games. And Devon was like, yo, this this kid Craig is funny because no one else would really say that because I just told him, like, yo, I don't play those games. And we were all laughing. It was fun. Right, 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 right. And then after that, I guess Devon knew that I was sort of like a chill guy. And uh, after that, we just started having fun talking to each other while drawing and learning from each other. And there was two years that course of the same people. We went on oil painting there, painting from life. We'd go into the morning club. There was something called like a, the old hat club. And uh, you'd go there before school started 
at like seven in the morning, seven thirty, and you painted before classes. Had no grade, no nothing. Anyone could yeah. come to this AP room and paint, and that's what we did. And then we'd paint for like an hour there, paint in the afternoon for our two periods, and then pretty much that was it every single day. And we grew a lot, and that's when we got really close. Um, and he was phenomenal, phenomenal drawer, phenomenal painter. I always knew he was, and he definitely. I was looking to him like, man, I got to get better. You know what I mean? Because he. Right. That guy so we, lives and learn. breathes like painting, dude. Like. If, yeah. Yeah. You know if what it's I mean? anyone, so, it's that guy, man. Yeah. He's the one to look at. And it was just such a, a, a pleasure learning his process and and learning alongside with him and seeing how much he just grew through the roof right now. Um, after high school obviously there's college and we a bunch of us applied to fashion institute of technology which is also in manhattan and come there you know we it was kind of like a reset we went back to design foundation that first year uh, a little more rigorous because obviously it's college but it kind of felt like a stagnant year but the biggest thing from that was meeting new people and that's when i met right right we we met each other at a uh, Carlos Aponte class and it was uh, for a fashion right. course. And I want to talk a little bit about that actually, because where you're coming from, you know, you're coming from art and design where you've had already four years or so just doing all these foundation things, all, all of this, where me, I'm a kid from Long Island coming into Manhattan for the first time, never visited the school first day I get there is the first time I'm actually at the school. So I come there with no experience, just like just learning on my own with my art teachers back in public school and thinking, you know, I, I got in. So obviously I'm good. But then I come meet you, Carlos Aponte class, and you have your Batman book, I think, with your, I think was it your you took figures or like of your figures or was it drawings i'm trying to think um i had a book yeah it was like a batman book and it was like you made it and i'm wondering if it was um the figures or the drawings but uh it either way drawings. yeah 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 so either way you're showing that off and i'm just like dude what so i'm like one of the f first people to see that and i'm like yeah man i am i'm far behind so then i got you in that class and that year i had built my whole um my schedule up because because everybody else was in block so they were in the same classes with everyone else but with me i kind of experienced all the different blocks so in one of the classes there was devon and i think that was one of the painting classes too so this guy comes in, Perfect. we get our first assignment and we're like, all right, so we have a week. This guy, the next day has it already painted and everything. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just coming into that. It's just, yeah, like you, you want to surround yourself with with people that are much better than you. And then you're, you're just trying to, like, get better and and be be successful with, with them so for me and this is comes to a point with um my next question is 
for someone coming from a public school where where there's no actual um good foundation for art college was important to me to meet new people get connections with the professors because they've been in the industry for so long um so personally i enjoyed college i think it's recommended for at least people like me where we have no foundations we were coming from from these places that have no experience with with um the art industry whereas you 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 just said it to us that it was like another hard reset so what hmm. going to a high school like that you already have the foundation do you think it's necessary to go to college for art or kind of just like once you have that foundation from this high school you can pretty much build it like how Devon did because he had dropped out that same year to just pursue his his dream of being a painter and looking at him now he millions of followers successful making thousands out of his paintings you know so I wanted to get your opinion on that all right, so um, I would say that it's not necessary. Just looking at the fact of it, that you can be incredibly successful without going to college. For me, I don't regret going to college at all. Um, I would say the biggest thing is the people that you meet, the professors that you learn from, and the structure of things, you know what I mean? So. I, I didn't have that bravery to drop out. And I was given opportunities to work as an artist during that time that didn't really need to be in, in college. But, you know, I, was, I wasn't ready, man. I liked the structure of waking up, going to work in the morning, going to school in the afternoon. And that's what you're responsible for. Right. And that's me. That's personal. You know what I mean? And I like that structure, you know what I mean? Because if you're not in college, what do you do? Your own, your own, you're your own boss and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's so much that I learned in college too. Like I, like I went into FIT feeling good, like I knew a lot, but there was so much I didn't know and I was ready to learn. And that was the professionalism, the business side of it, how to do your invoices, how to even write that email to respond to someone, how to send out that email to get the job. That's stuff that I didn't know. I just had the skill and I'm not a people person, so I didn't really market myself well. Yeah. Those are the things that I found invaluable in college and meeting those professors that cared, that helped you build your website. And yeah, those are things that you can probably just watch on YouTube, motiv motivational things, but... um. Luckily, FIT is the more affordable institution. Right, right. Where you can go to other places and be paying it off for decades. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I looked into, you know, SBA, great school. But again, it's like you're paying. I don't even know what the tuition is now, but I'm, I'm sure it's like over 20K a semester or something like that. And for four years, you know, that's you're almost hitting a hundred thousand, even maybe even more, just for an art degree that even if you graduate, you might not even make be making money off of what, what you just did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely something that has to be highly considered when you're trying to go into a college for design because you gotta be very aware that 
if you're not going to do the hustle, you're not going to do the work that you may just be wasting your time. You know what I mean? So, Oh, a hundred percent, dude. Yeah. I remember, you know, our professors would tell us only 1% of you guys are going to be artists. Right. Like, tell you, I remember. And then like right. to you that like scared you. And then you, you were mentioning to me and I, I, I got freaked out and I'm like, Oh man. And you, then you're just going into like a spiral. Like, am I that 1% or am I the 98, like 99% that yeah. doesn't make it? Yeah, dude. I remember that. You, I, I totally forgot about that last senior year, dude. That yeah, yeah, yeah. You. You oh, man. Was, yeah. Uh, you went into like a dark place after like senior year, man. I, I, I was just like, damn, what happened, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, looking at my work, um, I obviously I love portraits just like you and you know a lot 90% of what I did was fan art you know what I mean yeah and that was that was me that's what I loved you know what I mean there's nothing else I really wanted to do I didn't want to draw random people didn't want to go to the ateliers and paint from life all day I love drawing Star Wars characters and Batman and Spider-Man um, never got old from my, when I was two years old and professors would have meetings with me after school and say, like, what are you doing? You, you have no voice in your work. You're really good, but you have no really voice that you have those like, things. So what are you doing? Yes, that happened, yeah, man. I had no more idea. Than, more than one professor, more than one professor. Um, and it was like, geez, you know what I mean? Like, yes, you know, I have the skill, but it's like you're basically saying I have no voice. I have no identity. I have no worth as an artist. Then you have these professors telling me only one percent of you guys are going to make it. And there's kids that are killing it in FIT. You know what I mean? They're doing the yeah, full yeah, digital yeah. stuff. They're not even looking at references. It's full color. I hate color. I just want to draw portraits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you stick with like, the black dang, and like graphite and everything. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, they're banging it out. And the, the critiques, you know, they're just going nuts. And I will say some, a lot of the projects were just things that I just wanted to get through. I didn't really, I had to do some style yeah. that I really didn't care about. And some of the styles were awesome. It really opened up my mind and changed like, even when it's yeah, like inking. Work. I remember dry, dry brush was like a big thing for you. That was very successful right, and, right. and got you into that. Uh, oh, I'm actually wearing it now. To the gallery in California. You remember? Oh, with Nikki Draven. Yeah, Nikki Draven. You guys collabed <laughs> together. He did the color, you did the ink brush, and that got very exactly. successful. You know, so that was yeah, one so of the there things. Were things. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally. We had um awesome teachers. That was uh Sal Catalone, right? Was that his name? Sal Catalano, yeah. And that was yeah, he was yeah. he was he was tight he was with like, uh Devon too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, listen, he, he like literally grabbed the, the brush. Everyone was working in ink and he was like, listen, if you run it, watch how it's drying out. He's like, look at this, look at this. And I'm like, wow. He's like, yeah, go at it, go at it. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And that was one way for me to start develop, start to develop my voice because it was a style that was not super rendered and realistic. But it was like you saw it and it was like, oh, that's cool. Craig's doing like 20 portraits like that. We can identify that as a Craig piece. for Yeah, as a Craig piece, right. Like um, then um, 
another professor, Sonia, I forget what her last name is, forgive me. Um, but she had us do like a lot of mundane projects that was like, everyone had to abandon their style and like yeah, totally she get was, deconstructed. Yeah, right. It was like a copy yeah. basically of the same thing. Yeah, everyone was basically doing the same medium, the same project, and just the way you drew it, like your quality of line and, and shading was what defined it as yours. And looking back, we had to do a lot of pieces for that. And I actually just found my sketch pad from that about a week ago, excuse me, and found all the drawings that I did. And I thought they looked pretty cool. It was like super white ink stuff with black yeah. ink. And it was interesting. I didn't even know that I did those drawings. And it's just some of the things you just have to go through. You have to be doing things that you don't want to. And college does that a lot. Yeah, it definitely puts you in a in like takes you out of your comfort zone for sure. I remember like in our first year with uh, uh, Carlos, man, that guy kicked my ass. He um, I remember, like I said, uh, when I first got there, it was all fresh for me. We he just puts us straight first day draw from the model, and that's the first drawing he keeps from you, and then he said he'll give it back to you on the last last day of the semester so man i draw this chick right obviously i have no idea of proportions or anything so fast forward to the last last day of the semester we're doing our final like figure drawing this guy in front of everyone puts my both drawings side to side and goes mm -hmm. this is beauty and the beast to my original I piece yeah I and piece. i was like damn man but you know i took it like a champ and i was just like no he's totally right you know like that was just, that's one of those classes where it's just like they really drill into you to like get out of your comfort zone and figure figure out something new you know and i was so grateful for that um same with um with hey sue i remember that class was another one i had a a real tough time with that was our senior year as well right and um Talk about that, yeah. yeah so we'll get into that now it was so we have that class and she she's she was amazing you know here comes a new professor and she's she's working in the field now has the same like upbringing as us where it's like she started you know in in school trying to figure herself out and try and get it get work as a freelancer so, and then she becomes and a professor jobs. and working regular jobs just like us. So then she comes in and gives us all. I think she makes the class according to like projects that she's she's done before. So. I had the similar issue like you where it's like I like drawing portraits of people I know, like a lot from movies and stuff like that. So when it came to doing editorial work or any of that, my style was very hard to do and figure out. So every project I did for that class was just like trying to just get through it because everything was just so stressful for me. I mean, I've sat down with her countless of times trying to figure out like what I'm going to do when I graduate and everything. So it was just like one of those times where it was just my ego was beat down. I was just kind of cruising that year until I got to her, man. 
and she really whipped me up to shape to like really hustle and like you know figure out what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life you know so I think you had a similar thing and I remember the first day of that class when she was going around asking us <laughs> asking us uh, what do we want to do I want you to tell everybody what you said to her um okay yeah yeah so day one i believe was her first class she was teaching at fit yeah yeah we were like our her first time her first year yeah yeah so now she's being introduced to a new school super awesome illustrator getting to know these random 21 year old kids yeah yeah these nobodies trying to be be awesome just trying to figure out what we want to do you know and it it had to have been like a solid 40 minutes before she got to us because we were always sitting next to each other for people listening. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout all of college, me and Albert were together every single day, getting food, watching movies, everything like that. So right, we're right. tight at this point. <laughs> so we're sitting next to each other. Um, and everyone's saying their things, you know, I want to be a character designer. I want to do this. I want to design games, all that awesome stuff. And then in my head, I'm just like, man, like, like, is this realistic? Because now it's ringing in my head that it's just 1% of us is going to make it. That really scarred me, dude. Yeah, and it yeah. was true. It's a true statistic. It so is. she gets to me. And I I think I just said, you know, I like doing portraits and something like that. And then I kind of like stopped myself and realized that I just had to speak the truth that was on my mind. And it was it was a a dark place create activity you know creatively and um i was just like i don't know if i want to be an illustrator something like that right yeah yeah that's exactly what you said and i said i don't know if i want to do this i love to do it but to hustle day and night to lose sleep to lose a social life relationship life family life to get a piece done for someone else to try to get by to pay the bills. That wasn't exciting to me. And this is what I said to the the whole class. And I remember everyone being pretty shocked. And I was pretty shocked in myself because I always put my head down, just do my work hard, get the grade, and that's it, with soul or without soul. And I remember telling her, I said, listen, in this class, I'm going to give you my best work, but this is what I'm feeling. And I remember everyone just like being shocked because, you know, you know, that whole class after you, like everybody was, you know, talking, you know, everybody was happy. And then when you said that, you could just feel the air in the in the classroom just leave. Like everybody was like, <sighs> yeah, everybody was like holding their breath. To go after me. I know. Yeah. But I remember we stood on me for a while and I don't want the attention, but it was the yeah. truth. And I really felt like it was a real turning point and who I was as a person and as an artist to speak up for myself and pretty much anyone else who felt the same thing in the room. Yeah, because a lot of people aren't going to mention it like how you did. Like you said, you were you're always been the guy that put your head down, but you're the one, the voice of reason that gave everybody like a heads up, like, listen, if you're not going to ask, then I will. And after that, I feel like everybody kind of saw each other differently and and like kind of focused in after that. Yeah, it felt really less like school after that. Uh, and I remember Hey Lee like being genuinely concerned 
in front of the right. class and just asking me yeah. she was like you know do you need to be here do you need to have this class to graduate i'm like yes so i said like i said i'm gonna give you my best work and everything like that um and uh she really really helped me to find that path of doing what i love commercially making money for it and it's still being fan art and that was for both of us because we were doing very similar things at the time which is when we started getting into the movie poster scene right the, right uh, the drew struzan books we both had we were sending each other pinterest things and just like growing 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 and all of our projects in that class had to be based on real world things which i loved she would give us an email that she got uh, she was like, create something that'll be in a magazine. So I was like, all right, let me let me find a magazine that's about movies. And it was like, yeah. I remember my project was, I went to the FIT magazine and they had an article about the 10 greatest CGI um, moments in history and movie history. So what were like those 10 movies that were staple points for pushing CGI to the next level? And it was everything I love, which is like Terminator, Jurassic Park, Toy Story, yeah and, yeah uh, Tron, all that stuff and i was like man i get to do this project for school that doesn't feel like a project because i'm drawing the terminator skull you know what i mean and that's when it opened the door for both of us i remember at the time ladybird came out me and you went to go see it yeah man that was a great one dude shout out to movie pass and oh RIP at the time and r.i.p now man but listen movie pass uh walked so uh regal unlimited could run you know it's like all it's these other true. places now um working off that plan yeah so we were seeing movies all the time man you we get out of yeah 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 what movie can we catch what can we go so that's when uh great movies came out the disaster artist which you did something for yeah i did a piece good for that for you did that for the a24 goodness man and it oh, was just man. a boost for both of us it was yeah. so good um and she really, you know, guided us in that direction of where we are now, you know, and a lot, I would say like 75% of who I am today as an artist is because of that class is because of Hey Sue. Lee. Wow. To her, man. Yo, shout out yeah, to Hey Sue, man. Lost. I would have been yeah. lost. Maybe I would have found my way, you know, but she definitely put me on track and, you know, having you there every day also in the same field and we're bouncing sketches off each other ideas fix this fix that um this works and it was like so good to have you there as a bro and as a fellow artist to help build me up and we just had that come on uh, dude yeah i could say the same for you, you know man I mean? because that like like it with anything, a support group is like the most important thing as an artist to grow, man. Because if you don't have that yeah. strong connection with others, you're never really going to grow because they're not going to tell you what's wrong or what's right. You know, they get, you need that guidance. And I think that's yeah. very important. Yeah, man. So, yeah, and that was just one class out of senior year we had. Oh man, awesome classes, man. Yeah, another one I would I would love to like shout out is uh Tony Caparelli, man. That guy. Heck yeah, he was just thinking about. Yo, that. he like going into his class and and realizing that he was also into like airbrushing and then like learning about his watercolor class and 
all of that stuff and like what he was doing is like stuff that I w- would love to do, you know. And he was another like kind of like a pillar that that helped me realize what I could do for the rest of my life where any work that I want to do in, in like say movies and and commercial work or anything, I could do it. And that was the class where we had that mentor where we were we funny enough, we both got gabs. We both emailed him and we both got mentored by him for the same thing. And honestly, we, because of that class, that was, that was one of my biggest growth points because that's where the, the full metal jacket poster came out of with the help of Gabs and as well as you like helping me through the sketches and everything. I, till this day, that's one of my most successful pieces. It, yeah. even won me the first place for the senior show and everything you know so yeah man. yeah there's so many amazing professors at fit and that's to this day why i always appreciate going to college and learning from all these amazing people you know students and Heck professors yeah. alike yeah um caparelli was a great class because it was one of those things that you had to develop your portfolio Yep. And uh, my whole final piece for that class, the, the first semester, I think, was an oil painting of um, Bianca Piccarelli wearing a sp- OG Spider-Man shirt. So I had right, to, find a way right. to somehow paint Spider-Man, but do a portrait that was good for class, which didn't even feel like work at all. Um, and then for the last semester I did a James Bond 007 poster. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah. was awesome. So Caparelli's class was amazing. And I think another noteworthy uh, professor is Cam Mack who we had for. Oh two. dude. Yeah. This guy made me love oil painting, dude. That was the guy. Awesome professor. He, you can tell he just loved to paint. This guy loved oh, to paint yeah, and loved man. to teach people. Man, Yo, and get like them to... all the like utilities they needed, like those brushes, man, the, all the way from Germany. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, he's like, yo, everyone, there's these brushes from Germany. He's like, they're not in uh, production anymore. If everyone chips in 15 bucks, everyone could get like five brushes and let's get a whole pack. And we Yeah, did. man. Yo, and I, I use these brushes to this day. They're like the most amazing I, things. Yeah. Yeah, just finished the commission for that one, man. Yeah, using man. those brushes. Those same, same. Brushes. I used the that use them for that commission with uh, the Lion King holding the puppy with the yeah, yeah. So I had to use that for those the small details, man. Little yeah, with the... guy like that, man, is just like gems, just gems. Yeah. Literally there awesome. for in school to genuinely help help you grow. You know, not there to waste Great. your time, yeah. just to teach you what you need to know. Yeah, come those last two years, definitely senior year, we had some amazing prof- professors in the profession um, just teaching us their ways, bringing in guest artists that are their friends that have been in the industry who have also maybe graduated from FIT, some of them. Um, and it was just awesome. Like, I remember Robo7 coming in for... Uh, oh, yeah, Capital. man. He got me really uh, into like getting into like scene building and everything like painting uh all yeah, of that like yeah this is a profession this dude it has a woman married in a union working yeah. on sets painting and taking care of his family you know what i mean like 
that's yeah. what we we need that's what we strive to for, learn you know? know what i mean do what yeah. we love but also yeah. like be sustainable you know what i mean right but, um, that's the thing that's i mean it's important like because we yeah. can love art all we want but it really comes down to the important things in life and how does our art support the people that we love in our well-being right and i think exactly that's we're still trying to figure out yeah yeah so with everything that we learned at college you know the name of the podcast is untitled.jpg because like like all artists we're guilty of not naming our files or something so i want to know what is something you're guilty of doing with your fi- files or workflow? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, let's see. I guess. I don't know. I guess it was, it was the shortcuts of um, trying to get something done quickly, either if that was, something i traced for that project to get it done on time and then like merging that file by accident not even knowing and then that's the worst uh, having to redo everything over again you know i feel like there's so many things that could go wrong and i'm just being reminded of those horrible nightmarish nights where you're up to like three in the morning um just doing stuff even when we were working in illustrator for a semester we had to like make realistic apple watches oh yeah that was all you in my class it was like a whole different thing though you were you were like in the real like illustrator man doing some crazy stuff though was it fantastic professor yeah yeah no what you learned was really helpful man Woo! it was like mesh tool (laughs) and all that stuff and that (laughs) workflow was crazy because Illustrator's so weird with the the layers and every single yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question though. No, it does. So, like, so for example, for me, what I'm guilty of is I never name my files properly, and I always like leave it on my desktop, so I never like actually organize it somewhere where I could find it again, and not naming my layers. Right. You know, all, all, I have like 20, 25 layers w- with no names and it's a, like yes. slight adjustments that I have to just click through. Whereas if I could, yes. ju- could have just grouped them, named the, the, the folder, would have made my workflow so much easier. So it's like stuff like that I, I was talking about. But what you what you talked about are like very valid points as well. Right, right. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing probably for all of us is uh, drawing on the wrong layer. Oh, oh yeah. I've, I've plenty of times I've drawn on the, the reference layer, like at 50% and like, you know, Mm -hmm. get tracing like some parts of it and then realizing after I just finished the whole thing and then, you know, wasting a good half hour. Yeah. Just lost time. time, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, So, so with all of that, I wanted to ask you as well, if you ever, feel that imposter syndrome that's like so famous with a lot of artists um yeah i there's definitely seasons where i go looking at an artist and being super inspired by them and i find myself doing a style similar to theirs 
Um, and I'm sure if you scroll through my Instagram feed, you'll see switches and styles and color. And yeah, like yeah. That. So, yeah, I, I say, um, yeah, I'll probably see it after a piece or two and then realize I have to switch it up or do something different. Um, but yeah. to say for me personally, I don't think it's bad to go through that process and realize it. And when, when you get that, even if, if it's someone else telling you, you know what I mean? So, uh, and there's so well, many great people out there. The way I, t the way I think of imposter syndrome is where it's like, I'm not saying like you're copying someone else's work, right. It, okay. Or style. What I'm thinking is like, when someone's coming to you, like giving you all this amount of money and then, and then you're just like, why are they coming to me? I don't deserve this. I'm not an artist. Oh, oh you know, oh, like oh, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Um, uh, no, I mean, I know it all comes down to time and obviously starting out, especially as a student, you don't know what you're worth. Right. Yeah. And sometimes you lowball yourself to get that job. You know what I mean? And really what I've learned after college is you have to determine what your worth is. Definitely. You don't want to go beneath what minimum wage is because it's almost like slave labor. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And you have to learn to say no to people. You have to say no to certain projects you know some people not that they're malicious in any way but they don't understand what it takes to get something done visually and they get offended when when something if you say no or if what you're asking for is too high and that's always always something that that gets to me as an artist um and i'll say that to my girlfriend or something i'll tell her yo this person just hit me up and uh you know, I told them, I asked them what their budget was first, but they didn't want to tell me what their budget was. So I finally tell them what As always, it yeah. cost me. And uh, they just left me on scene or something like that, which is, it's it's a little disrespectful and you have to learn to have. Dude, yeah. I mean, that just recently happened to me, man. It's like, it's just a cycle that you go through as an artist. I mean, till this day, I'm still getting that. And it, and like when I have those moments where I'm just left on scene or anything, I'm that's where it, this whole imposter syndrome hits me. And it's just like, am I charging too much for my work? You know what I mean? But then you get those amazing clients where it's just like you tell them the price and they totally understand it and they're just full on ready. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. It's just like you get those terrible clients where it's just they just I mean, they're not terrible. It's just they don't understand what the kind of work that goes through making what they want you know it's they think it's just something we love which we do but at the same time it's like we got bills to pay man we got we got stuff to do you can't just expect us to do this for for 50 bucks or for free you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean i remember back in high school because I don't know, it's all about what you think your worth is. I was doing things for other kids, a full portrait, like 11 by 14 for 20 bucks. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh, and man. I was happy to do it. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, yeah, 20 bucks. That's going to get me a NECA figure. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. All then, right. So, yeah. So we definitely got to get into figures. But, yeah, continue. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But then, I mean, it it's kind of goes into where I'm at now. Um figure out what you're worth definitely don't work less than minimum wage but going 
and working at a tattoo shop where you're an artist and you have an hour, a set hourly rate and you know where you're going to yeah. make if you work for five hours that day. Then I translate that back to um, working on a drawing. And it's like, okay, what I'm doing is not as uh, important as putting ink in someone's skin. So obviously I'm not going to charge as much per hour as I'm tattooing someone, but I don't want to make less than this because I'm already used to making this much. Right, right. And I know so that's what a good, uh... I have to pay. So that was good for me mm-hmm. personally. Um like what is your time worth? And it it's I think it's important for people to know that you're not just paying for that piece to be done. It may take someone ten days to do it, it may take someone else ten hours. But if the end product is the same, that person who was more efficient shouldn't be charging less because they work less hours. Because there's yeah, so it, much worth that's behind yeah. in the mind, you know? Yeah, it's so all the experience me, you're paying for. Yeah, people are when when they go to someone to hire you, they're paying for the physical piece, the hours you put into it, and the thousands of hours you spent studying and going and paying to go to school for to get it done. Just like how I mean, it's this the crazy example of the extreme, but why a doctor gets paid so much because you're not paying for that one operation, you're paying for that whole lifestyle. Yeah, of them yeah. dedicating themselves. To to medicine you know what i mean mm-hmm. so we're at the very bottom of that spectrum yeah and it sucks but it's just a reality for sure um yeah so let's get into then how you got into you know collecting and your figures because i remember going into your house dude it's just very overwhelming at first when you when you're not ready to see something like that like with me you know i had figures as a kid like five like at most at a time or something to then going to your house you have like a whole showcase like right behind you man you got you got all the hot toys all displayed nicely with the leds the helmets and everything you know so right how does one year old guy when you saw it (laughs) yeah so like how do you how do you start something like that like what develops you know that kind of collection um so like i said when i was a kid loved action figures my parents worked their tail off raised in the projects but they always still got us toys in there i had an older brother he had action figures and we had the spawn stuff from mcfarlane and cool street shark stuff um and i loved figures my parents said i would i would go to bed with figures in my hand batman in one hand spider-man in the other <laughs> and i would just fall asleep like that so i mean there was a time that i grew out of it in, in elementary school, I got older and I wasn't playing with toys anymore. Yeah. Um, but if there was a cool movie like um, Revenge of the Sith came out, episode three of Star Wars, they had an Obi-Wan figure. And I was like, yo, that's so cool. His face really looks like Ewan McGregor. I was like, all right, let me uh, I'm going to ask my mom if I can get that. Um, and it was like seven bucks. And then I remember just putting him on display. You know what I mean? I wasn't playing with him, but he was there. And it was just like, he's cool. He's so cool. So um, that happened very slowly, very slowly. And it wasn't until eighth grade, where I'm like 13, and I saw there was companies making action figures that didn't really move, but they were super detailed, well-painted, and it was like Arnold from Terminator 2. And I love Terminator. I was like, yo, that is awesome. That is so cool. And then I looked into the behind the scenes, how they make it. 
the sculptor who sculpts it. There's a whole team. If you buy it, it says the sculptor, the painter, the head sculptor, the guy who does the packaging. These are all artists. And I yeah. just started to have a real affinity for collectible figures. And if it's a movie I just saw, I remember just seeing The Crow for the first time. And I was like, yo, he, Eric Draven is so cool. I got to hunt down his figure. He's too cool. And then I'd get the figure and I saw that people online in eighth, when I was in eighth grade, a friend showed me that people took pictures of action figures and made them look like they were in environments, like story told environments, like movies. Right, right. That is amazing. Figure photography, so, yeah. Um, I had this little action camera that my mom had a Sony snapshot where you just zoom in and zoom out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I would lay on the floor in public and they weren't good pictures and take pictures of like uh, the Terminator on the sand on the beach. And he's not on the sand in the movie. He's not at the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just want to do it because it's cool, man. And it was just like, yo, this is cool. I'm uploading it to Flickr. (laughs) Let's see how many likes it gets. Oh, two likes. That's amazing. So it started and it's still dangerous because a figure comes out and it's like, man, I could take such cool pictures of that. I'm going to get it. And (laughs) high school, that's like I said, I didn't hang out with anyone. I yeah, yeah. I just played games, watched movies, and got action figures. I was working when I was 14, mundane office work, and most of the money I got, I was buying games or buying action figures. And my collection was super fast, super fast. Let's say Arnold and Terminator 2, which is what I have playing right now to keep me inspired, is um, he looks the same mostly the whole movie, but they made like 10 different Arnolds with like a little battle damage. And the next figure had his whole face gone. The next figure had an arm gone and they all yeah, the same, man. but they had yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, just different things. I just had to collect them all. I needed them all. You know what I mean? Oh man, uh, dude. And then obviously the hot toy stuff, um, pretty, pretty pricey, but my, my parents would like every Christmas get me a hot toy. You know what I mean? Like, of. So that's how it started, like through like Christmas with hot toys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Right. I could only afford the fifteen dollar figures. Yeah, Uh, yeah. And then when they they opened up my world to hot, because we'd go to Forbidden Planet in New York uh, City or Midtown Comics, and they had the hot toys on display in glass, and it's like, yo, these look so real. They look amazing, but the price tag is so high. It's like, wow, I'll never get that. Um, but my parents are awesome. They paid attention. You know what I mean? Dude, your parents are like I, amazing I got... when it comes to gifts, man. When they got me the pins, dude, I was like, yo, it's exactly what I need. Yo, they're great at, at yeah. getting pins for everyone, man. Yeah, yeah. There's so much of who I am culture-wise, pop culture-wise, is because of my parents. For sure, man. Four years old watching Terminator 2, like Jurassic Park, old 80s movies. It, it totally shaped who I am. And like my demeanor and everything, just watching these these movies as a kid, you just start imitating these people. And I'll just be talking in con- conversation with someone and drop a movie line. Like if it you was still my do own, that you know to this mean? day, man. That's like our whole friendship uh, yeah, right yeah. there with Wolfpack. Word. So, um, yeah, obviously I got older. Come college, um, I'm working part time almost every day and also going to school. Uh, and what I did get, I was fortunate enough to cover my Metro card, the school fees, the art supplies, food, and then whatever was left over, 
like six months of extra little savings, I got to get a Hot Toys. You know what I mean? And um, the aesthetic of it is just too cool. You know, I, I, they're, oh, yeah. they're just too cool. And taking pictures of them, they look so real sometimes. It's so satisfying. And I just love the art of it because the heads are hand painted. And um, I love to paint figures as well, which is like my, my side hobby. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you got a whole like YouTube off of that as well, of just like doing totally these repaints. About, yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. Like, this whole other life of figures. Doing yeah, you have the. Yeah, you have the YouTube, and as well as the very successful Instagram that I found out about in college too. Man, it's just like, yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah, this guy, just anything he touches is gold, man. I wish. I wish. But uh, great class. Photography was a yeah, major, yeah, yeah. major class for me, dude. Learning what a camera – because I was just pointing and shooting. Learning what the camera actually did and how to control yeah. it to do whatever you want. For that class, you remember, I was taking pictures of action figures as homework assignments. Yeah, yeah. That was, your por- um, that was like your whole portfolio that year. Yeah. Yeah, it was so much fun, dude. Because you just ride around the bike. New York, you go anywhere. You could find a beach. You could find the abandoned train tracks. You could find Midtown. And you can just get the scene for that character that you want to get the moment for. So, um, but yeah, I love painting figures. That's a whole other thing. When I'm not super busy, you know, coming out of college, it slowed down. But I love to just get blank heads or figures that look really bad, but I know the sculpt is good. And then just yeah. brush over them or scrub the paint off with a toothbrush. And then there's a blank, amazing portrait of Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Yeah. Yeah. And you always like succeed in that. Like every video I see you put on in YouTube, it's just another thing I could learn off of you. You know, it's just a whole art in itself. And what I also learned from you collecting all these hot toys, the fact that all of these hot toys are so well done is just another tool as an illustrator these are just references for everything now you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah it's a figure that you could like showcase but it's also a tool yeah 100 you know? yeah. dude because you can buy the little mannequins that help a lot you know but then some of these figures you if you need to find that jacket pose you need to know how yeah. you know the sweatshirt the fabric and everything and how it's laying yeah yeah, you pose it however you want, light it however you want, shoot it, and it looks like a real person, and then you just change who it is. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I think that's why so many like artists, when you see them on podcasts or see their studio, you'll see a Hot Toys in the back or something yep, like that. Yep, exactly, yeah. The they're just too cool, and they know it, and that's why they're going up in price. Which, yeah, uh, God save my many wallet. times. Yeah, many times I've used you as my library for references, man, when I need something like, I think the one I used was uh, McFly. I remember asking you for it. And um, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. Recent. Yeah. So it's just like, it's important. And, you know, like, that's something I would definitely want to get into. I mean, you got me to get a figure of Michael Myers because I needed a poster done, which is for a book that it's releasing uh, this year. And, um, that's right. And the Joker. Yeah. The Joker's coming in soon too. That I, I, it's just, you're getting me into this addiction and I don't like it, but like it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if you can afford it, if everything's yeah. covered, you get, you treat yourself, man. Just yeah. Yeah. Yourself. Man. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. This is insane. So just like uh, rest of development, man, treat yourself. Word. 
Word. Some <laughs> listen so, for the people out there, and you know who you are. Some people put the the collectibles and the games above eating. Sometimes it's like, yo, you gotta relax a little bit. You gotta. Relax. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. gonna feed you. That's what we gonna suck on the plastic, man. Like, <laughs> it's gonna taste like China. exactly, exactly. You know, you gotta. It's priorities, man. You gotta make sure your priorities are straight. A hundred percent, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, uh, I'm just super fortunate to have a job while working, uh, while going to school, and being able to get this awesome stuff that brings me joy you know for sure man all right so now we're coming down to like the last few questions um a few more art ones and then we're gonna jump into uh like a few movie ones um so first and foremost i think we covered it pretty much but what has surprised you of of the illustration and like tattoo industry because you're also a tattoo artist but a freelancer on the side as well so in those two industries, you let me know, like, what surprised you? Um, I guess what surprised me going into tattooing was so much of what I learned in FIT translated to the tattoo world. It's just like way more in your face and problem solving on the spot. Uh, tattooing is illustration you get a client that you never met before they come in they have an idea in their head sometimes they have a picture which makes it even better and you they expect you to draw and design this thing from scratch sometimes sometimes they want to sit next to you and see you draw it which is cool too that's a lot Um, of pressure though and then once you have the successful image now we got to move to putting that on the skin you know what i mean and this is all happening within that one within the day yeah literally a lot yeah, so yeah. how do you deal with that kind of pressure, man? Um, well, it, it definitely goes to my mentor, and I'll call him my mentor for the rest of my life, which is Joshua Lord. Amazing tattoo artist. He did all the work on my arms, if I can show it. Obviously, Terminator got that. I think I was like yeah, yeah. 18, Rocky. I think that was the first one I saw from you, and I'm like, yo, you got Batman, tattoos at, so, at 18? I mean, look at these. Look at these portraits. This yeah, man, amazing. they're insane. So, um, you know, super. If I can go into how I got into tattooing, is that cool? Yeah, yeah go for it, man. Okay, cool. So, um, throughout high school, was going to Graceland Tattoo Shop in Brooklyn that was owned by Joshua Lord, and he had uh has another shop called Eastside Inc, which he co-owns with two other amazing people, and um. I was going there throughout at the very end of high school uh, legally. And then um, throughout FIT, which you also saw, I came in with a blank arm just with Dude, Arnold yeah, and left yeah, FIT yeah. with these, you know what I mean? And I was going there. I'd leave class early. I'd be like, yo, professor, I got a, I got an appointment. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't tell him it was a tattoo appointment, but it was just, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> um and yeah, he uh, he tattooed my mom for almost a decade. And I knew I wanted to get tattoos of movie characters that I love. And seeing her work, I was able to get appointments with him. And he's super booked up. So I was super fortunate to get in there. Right. He's um, like booked up awesome. for years at this point, right? Like, you can, no, awesome but no one knew. Guy. He's not even accepted. No one knew. He's awesome. I mean, yeah. to, to gloat for him a little bit, he, he got flown out to the premiere of Avengers Infinity War in LA 
because he tattooed the whole all the Avengers in person. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Them. Uh, he did all their matching tattoos. They all got each other's numbers. They hang out. They Scarlett Johansson walks into the shop sometimes. Yo, Seven's in the shop, and you're there. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, you're there. So amazing. you get to that see see that kind of experience and experience all these. It's so new people. cool, so inspiring. Um, so yeah, he he was tattooing me. Knew that I was an artist in art school. I'll be like, uh, he'll be oh, so what are you working on? I'll show him my Instagram. He's like, oh, that's really cool. You love portraits. Um, and as he was working on, on me, because it's my arms and I can see what he's doing, he would like subtly throw in what he was doing. He was like, look at this. I'm doing nice. black. Yeah. Doing yeah. This little rice motion, rice kernel motion. He was like this. And then he would like throw out, he's like, so you, you think you're interested in tattooing and stuff like that? And I'd be like, yeah, tattooing so cool. Cause even when I, I saw it, um, I was like, man, like, I think I understand what's happening technically in my skin like i think i might be able to do it um and he had the faith in me so mid fit i think i was a junior i went in for an interview at east siding at this point he was tattooing me for about three years um and we vibed a lot when we were tattooing and i, I guess you know i was someone that he was willing to teach and work with every day which uh, i'm super blessed that that happened uh, went in for an interview. Um, it went well. And really nothing happened until a year later. It took a whole year because I was a, a senior pretty much ending. Yeah. Um, and that's when it was like, you can start this summer at Eastside Inc., which was crazy because it was on the back burner. Didn't even think about it. I didn't want to get my hopes up because it's, it's a prestigious shop. Um, and then he took me in. And uh, the apprenticeship was awesome. Um, it was obviously demanding hard. I had to get out of my skin a lot to learn how to deal with people, learn how to talk to people, learn how to design on the spot, have that pressure, be dying on the inside, but don't show the... Yeah, you can't show the client. <laughs> they don't want to know that you're dying on the inside. Yeah. Uh, and this was you know, early on where I, you know, I was tattooing all my friends uh for free coming in them trusting me to do these pieces we do safe pieces that even if i messed up it's super easy to fix like a silhouette yeah. or you know super simple things until it started going to all right let's try lines let's try this um obviously he had me tattoo myself in the shop which was rough you were there for one of those times yeah man hanging out um it was hard, you know, it was really hard, but it also life-changing, helping me to deal with people, to get outside of my shell, meeting new people and figuring out ways to relate to them. People like to open up to you when, when they're getting tattooed and it's like, you have to really be a good listener and remember that person because when they come back, it, it's, you know, so awesome being an artist and also being the other side of being a client when your artist remembers the stuff that you told them before and you, you trust them, you know what I mean? They become your friend. And yeah, that's, what's awesome about tattooing because sometimes you could be pretty stressful, but you're dealing with a real person that's there going through it with you. Um, so definitely FIT mixed with an amazing mentor and tattooing and an apprenticeship really prepared me 
to be a tattoo artist, you know? That's great, man. So in a way, then I would, I would think that you're in a place where you can consider yourself like you're, you're in that path to be successful. Like, I want to know what's success to you. Cause you, I remember in college, you were always worried about stability, like making, making the money to pay the bills, but also doing what you love. So now yeah. you're, you've got it. You've got the, you're working at Eastside Inc. You're working your way up to working full time there, making that great money. And you also still have the time to do, you know, freelance work. So yeah. do you think you're, you're at a success yet, or are you still striving for something more? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely still striving. Um, I'm not comfortable where I'm at. I'm grateful to be where I am. Excuse me. And, um, but I know that there, there are extreme highs and lows and maybe that'll always be the case. Um, but success to me is just being completely stable and competent in basically taking care of yourself. And, you know, I'm in a position that, you know, I, I, I you know, there, there's my girlfriend, we, I want to get more in life. I want to be able to take care of her when this is leading to something way more for us to spend right. our lives together, things yep. like that. This, it's beyond just me. So, you know, I've had these years where I'm taking care of myself. And now, you know, that responsibility of, uh, you know, being a man, dare I say, of having that feeling that you want to take care of the people that you love. Yeah, now um, you got to take care of other people, and not just yourself. Yeah. 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 And, and to do that with what you love and making enough to do that, um, uh, that is true success to me. I don't, I, I can care less about fame or someone knowing my name. Yeah, exactly. It's really just about, yeah, me not compromising who I am, doing what I love and being able to provide for my family and not just like survive, but being able to thrive and be happy. You know what I mean? Cause I don't want to be miserable scratching to do art in those really dry seasons. Um, I want to be able to, to, to have that time to spend with the people that I love, you know? Yeah. Well you know, enjoy it. A dedicated time to do work. Yeah. Cause you definitely want to enjoy those times. You don't want to be thinking the whole time, like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta get work or the lights are coming off or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that sense. Like that's something that I always consider. And I'm, I, I'm always curious to think like to ask other artists what, what their success story is because everybody has a different success story. Cause you know, there's other people that want the fame, other people that just, you know, they want to just do the artwork and make a living off of it. They don't need the fame. They just want to be happy, you know? So yeah, that's one of those questions and yeah, totally agree with you, man, on that. So let's see what we got. What else we got here? Um, So like you were saying with um, tattooing with, with Josh, he's in that film industry. So you're like, you've managed to get into a shop where it's fit into your niche with uh, film, tattooing, illustration. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you're in a path where you can potentially do what he's been doing, which is 
um, doing those temporary tattoos for a film, you know, like for all the extras or just for the main characters and everything. So I want to want to talk more about that. And then from that, after you tell me about that, I want you to tell me about like movies that you enjoy, that you recommend and, you know, all that jazz. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So Josh does tattoo designs for movies. He's done applications, uh, putting tattoos on people that he's designed from like Keanu to Scarlett Johansson. To so jealous, man. I love Alaska Keanu. Airbender, all that stuff. So cool. He, it, it's just amazing how inspiring this man is uh, owning a shop, tattooing, and then going home to design for movies. Uh, he did True Detective, which won the Emmy for Best yeah, Makeup. Yeah, yeah. So he's got that. Um, just too cool. So I, I love it because sometimes um, when he needs to get something done, he'll be like, listen, Craig, um, I need your help with this. Uh, can you help me uh, with these sketches or something like that? He's like, I'll do 15, you do 15 we'll see what it looks like. And then we'll, we'll show them to that. And then if it goes through, I'll tell them you you're in it. You know what I mean? Um, so stuff like that. So he's a great, great guy. And that's very exciting. Obviously I love the movies, anything with the film industry, I'd love to get in there um, designing or doing anything. You know, I was just fixing yeah, lights. Man. You know what I mean? Cause it's just <laughs> such a cool world. Just be on set. But sometimes that world comes to the shop where you have a dude that's filming a documentary on Josh I'm working on a Mandalorian tattoo over here. He's working on like my mom over here. And he, we're both in the, in the basement because Eastside Inc has two floors and this dude's there filming a documentary. You know what I mean? He has the nice camera equipment. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a tripod. That's like a robot that you like put a setting on your phone. Jealous man. Jealous. I would love to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, this is so amazing. Um, He's the man, you know, so I love seeing that stuff. And uh, even just seeing it is enough for me. You know what I mean? I, I want to definitely be grateful for what I have on my plate right now and giving my 100% in that because for sure, man. I, I'm super grateful for, for where I'm at in this amazing shop, working with amazing artists um, that are all on Josh's level. You know what I mean? Um, and uh yeah it's it's just cool it's a great world to be in like i said fit you met uh we meet new people high school you meet people that are just there pretty much for the rest of your life you know what i mean Shout yeah out to my yeah boy gunny at east side inc he helped me so dude much. his tattoos are yeah. sick man yo oh man i yeah, just man. try and figure out excuses just to be at the shop just because I, it's such a cool right. environment, man. That basement with the brick and then the artwork all around, man. It's just so inspiring just to even sit there, dude. So I know, I remember one of the big guys that that have been there, Bruce Willis. What's your favorite movie? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, I You know, I'd like to say Die Hard because uh, John McClane is just too good. But... I might have to throw in Over the Hedge, DreamWorks Animation. He was RJ the Raccoon, the main character. Right. Oh, my boy went for animation. He went for animation. Wow. Subvert expectation. Now, was it it just because because it's Bruce Willis? Like, what made you say that? What do you mean? Like, it... 
like why not pick a Die Hard or something? You know, why go for that animated movie? Oh, for I mean, for yeah, for Bruce Willis, I loved Over the Hedge. So if it was like my favorite Bruce Willis movie, I'm going with Over the Hedge. Die Hard is uh, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, but that's like a classic. That's everybody's time. favorite, you know. It, yeah, yeah, it's like saying what's your favorite Arnold movie? It's like Terminator. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's everyone's favorite. But if Terminator wasn't in the picture, what would be? Your favorite, so I just want to give a little, little justice to Over the Hedge. And those Dude, that's so movies. funny! Wow, I would have never thought, but yeah, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, what else have you been watching? Because now, you know, all we have this past year is nothing but time. So, because of the quarantine, we're stuck at yeah. home, you know, trying to figure out mm-hmm. what to do, what fill up the time. So, what has this past year? What are these? Like, what are the amazing movies that you've watched? Amazing movies. All right. So at least for, well, 2020 is when this pandemic hit in quarantine. My favorite movie of 2020 is Bill and Ted 3 Face the Music. Uh, I thought it was awesome. It came out in quarantine and it was so like uplifting and just like kind of old school humor. I thought it was awesome. Um, besides that, Tenet was amazing. Oh man, yeah, um, we. I was talking to Nico about that too, man. It's just one of those movies. He, Christopher Nolan never misses, dude. Just something he does. Uh, yeah. What else did What else did I see in quarantine that was like new? Dude, Soul. Oh, soul. Soul. soul yeah. Just dropped, man. Um, that movie hit that me hard. Be, uh, might be my second favorite of the mo- of the year. Uh, soul? soul really puts yeah. you in your feels. Uh, yeah, watched yeah, yeah. it with uh, my girlfriend, my cousin, and my mom. It was it was awesome. Christmas time watching that movie. Yeah, definitely Pixar like something awesome. you want to watch with the family. It's like any of those movies. What I really loved about that movie, you know, aside of, aside from like that beautiful story and like what it meant to be like life and everything and what like what you're doing with your life and all that. Dude, just the animation in itself, the lighting, like, without get, giving anything away, that subway scene with with just the lighting, you know, it's just like you feel like you're there yeah. with him, you know? The animation Something is just... about the lighting. Yeah, yeah, it's just every scene was just, like, tag perfect somehow, and it's just, it's coming to a point where it's, it's getting so realistic that you just want to be in that world. It, Every year, like animation just yeah. goes like another level. Like just a few years back, uh, um, Spider Verse, man, and just like the feats of doing that with all different animation styles, all within one movie. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah that's like one of the big takeaways from Soul that just makes me one of like the top movies I've saw seen this year. Like straight up five out of five for me for that episode, that movie. I, I agree. I agree. That was a five out of five. Um, yeah, the animation is just getting so good, dude. I feel like if, if they weren't cartoon characters and it was just like the environments and everything, you think yeah. someone was there with a camera. Dude, it, I know, it, man. It's really good. And um, I looked into the like the whole concept of them making uh, those those creatures or like the the for, what what were they calling them like the fourth dimension or just like multi-dimensional oh, yeah, the lady that had the accent. yeah like animating that was like a whole different thing because you're you're dealing with like fractal like something with like lighting fract 
fractals or whatever because it's not an actual solid shape or it's like so yeah, much like, goes into like, it man like a line they were like one line yeah 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 bend and everything and it would have like transparent skin yeah it then was, when the main character impressive. yeah when he was like that bluish thing it was just like he had no actual like curves it was just like super soft and that had to Why do with like, like dots like fuzzy dots or something yeah it's like and it, like they get into that and it's so much so much right. like I don't even know, man. When I think of animation, I always thought it was just easy, like you draw it out. But now it's it's so complicated. I I could pushing, never. Man. Yeah, yeah. They're pushing it. Um, yeah. Ah, dude. So yeah, I mean, we got your recommendations. Uh, I think we're pretty yeah, much Mando, man. Mando, Mando. Yeah, that's one of the coolest figures and. That of this year, man. That whole show. Oh man, that last season, that last episode. Just speechless, to be honest. Because you know, like you tell me, you tell me about what you thought of it. You know, because I'm always um, curious about what you think about how how they made Mando and everything. Yeah. Um, I was, I was excited and nervous about season two because I always get nervous when something's so great and then they try to top it. Even with movies, like when it gets so oversaturated, like Star Wars for the past few years, a movie every single year. And it's like, all right, we're going to see that next Star Wars movie. Man, did did that movie just suck that when you go to your friends, like, did that movie just suck, dude? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, that sucked, man. It's like, wow, Star Wars isn't what it used to be. So when Mandalorian came out, super fresh, awesome bounty hunter. It's not Boba Fett. It's this new guy. We don't know what his face looks like, but we know it's Pedro Pascal. And season two, just really season one in every way for me. It was just so good. Every episode was amazing. The CGI was awesome. The environment I know they film in like some like TV dome thing. Yeah, you saw that documentary, um, right? It's like they call it the volume. The volume. Yeah, yeah, dude. And it was just too cool. It was he's he's amazing. They introduced all these characters. And all and these like shows like, connect now. It's like Oh, the shows. It it you know, it honors the new stuff it honors the, the clone wars stuff. yeah and honestly uh it honors what they did in the 70s too it's like it connects yeah. everything it's like right now it's literally carrying the star wars franchise yeah and um i'm i'm a little nervous about all these new star wars things coming out they announced like 15 new movies and super shows. overwhelming like, man i i don't even you know, remember most of the titles but it's just crazy i am excited though for boba fett next year that's one of the yeah, ones i'm boba excited fett. for yeah boba fett. so yeah so it's just like you said it's just you hope that they continue on this path without ruining the franchise or it's just I know. Yeah. It's like, how much time do they think we have as people? Like, yeah. We got to go to work. We Yo, yeah, yeah. Like, All these streaming services, man. Shows. You want to launch a new Buzz Lightyear movie and then these spinoff shows of other Pixar movies. 
And then you got HBO like, all right, we're bringing you all this DC stuff while Disney's doing their thing. Then Netflix oh. is dropping this. It's like, I can't, I can't Sen- watch it. Sensory overload, man. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. There's And there's a bunch that I end up missing too because others overshadow, you know, other shows, other movies to the point where it's just like, I find a movie and I'm like, did this just come out? No, it's been out for half the year now. You know, exactly. It takes me a while to watch things sometimes. Mando, I was on it every week, which I like because they didn't release it all at once. You knew Friday you had to take your hour to watch Mando. Yeah. Um, what I'm watching now is uh, Cobra Kai season three just dropped, but I'm not up to season three yet. I haven't even watched I any can't of sit it. Sit down and like binge. I can't binge everything in one shot, you know. Um, and then the one defending Jacob on. Apple TV, where it's uh, Chris Evans, Captain America. Has right, right. Yeah. I'm like three episodes into that. I'm digging it so far. I like Chris Evans. Did you um, ever see, did you see the show C with uh, Jason Momoa? No, no. It's on it Apple like TV. I, I watched it, man. It's good. It's a good time. It's good. Apple yeah. TV, they got the money, man. Everyone has Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if. MacBooks and iPhone. If you want a feel good type of show, man, you got to get into Ted Lasso, dude. Anytime you feel down, man, oh, it's so good. It's one of those shows where you're just like, eh, let me give it a shot. But then you get into it, man, and and it changes you. It's, it's, it was kind of like soul where it's just it makes you think, but it also just makes it's a, just a feel good kind of movie uh, kind of show. Sorry. It's on Apple. It's Apple on TV. Apple. Yeah, it's one of the first ones that they released. And yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. Me and Gabby loved it. We watched that all the time. So another I thing know, is, yeah, yeah. And another thing is, we're in now in that binge culture. And you said that you 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 don't do that. You're not that kind of t- guy. And one of the first shows to bring back like only releasing per week was like Mando, and. We were all for that, where everybody else was just wanted the whole season now, now, now. And, right, right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you go, you go. I was just okay. Riffing. Okay. Yeah. Um. He. Uh. Whoever chose to do that, first of all, was smart from a Disney Plus standpoint because that was a launch show. If they released it all in one shot, everyone would do seven day free trials and watch the whole thing, right? But True. for me, on a personal level, I feel like you live in that world much longer. And there's like a bigger community talk about it. All of us in the group chat, like, yo, that episode was crazy. And that happens yeah. every single yeah. week. And we're talking about it. Whereas if it's the whole season, you talk about it, it's like, yo, that was amazing. And then they mentioned this thing. And it was like, wait, what, what episode was that? What did that happen in? And it's like, it's, it's a little sensory overload. The only yeah, it all time blends together. Did, yeah, the only time that I, I binge something is when uh, I'm with a friend or my girlfriend and we have to, like, catch up with something. And because I'm with that other person, it's like, all right, I'll sit here for five hours and let's watch TV shows. Of, right. Like, every little thing. Um, but I just love the anticipation of waiting for the next show. It's just like with anything, you know, you, you want it so bad, no matter what it is, that game, that friend that girlfriend, you know what I mean? And then, you know, the anticipation is so different until 
after, you know what I mean? It's like a whole different thing. It's like, all right, now I'm in this other mode that I loved what I just saw. And that's it. It's over. You know what I mean? We got to yeah. wait until next year. But yeah, now Mando yeah. turned that into, what was it? Uh, 10 episodes? Something like that? Something like and that, was, yeah. Or eight. But it, that turned into like 10 weeks of being engulfed in that universe. Like, I love that yep. stuff. And it makes it more relevant, which means that you can make Mando art for 10 weeks and people are still digging it. You know what I mean? Yeah, whereas like if if there's uh, that binging quality, that show is alive for that whole week. And then after that, it burns out really fast. Yeah, it gets replaced yeah. by something else really fast. Yeah, like, yeah. Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things. And I remember everyone that was in my world, like, watched it the first day. I'm yeah, like, all the, all the episodes. Episode, yeah, guys, like, let, let's relax a little bit. Um, yeah. But I think that affects us like uh, a lot. This like instant gratification culture, and I don't know. It, it I I like it that we get to have it, but I feel like so much is like now, 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 now. Like we don't know how to wait for things anymore. You know what I mean? Not at all. Man. That that Amazon Prime syndrome. Two day shipping, next day shipping. Dude, I, you know? I still use your account sometimes when I need something ASAP. But that's right. Just, that's right. Yeah. So it's you see those trucks everywhere now, man. You know, you want that PS5 now. You want to you want those games ready to play. And that's sure. another thing. What kind of video games are you on? Like, what's just, what's your recommendations? What's what's getting you okay. right now? Oh man, right now. I beat uh Miles Morales. Spider-Man beautiful Miles. game that beat was, that within that, that week oh that man right what about the um, costumes dude i i love the costumes of that whole thing so good I, they, they're making this hot toys it's not dropping until two years from now but i'm gonna have my eye on that that's that's um, the thing they always wait like so long man it's mad long like they're yeah. like are you a true fan are you gonna wait two years yeah 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 <laughs> and it's like yeah i'm a true fan um miles Miles was awesome. Right now, I'm playing Sackboy, A Big Adventure, uh, doing that co-op with my brother, which is awesome because co-op, I feel like, doesn't exist anymore. Couch co-op. Right. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm not playing that, right now, I'm catching up on Jedi Fallen Order, which I have mixed feelings about. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you trashed us for loving that game, man. I, yeah, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> for people that are listening, these guys, I love Star Wars, right? I spent a lot of money on Star Wars stuff. And they're like, yo, this game is amazing. This game is so good. And I'm ready. You know, I got it for Christmas. And my boy got it for me for Christmas. And I'm playing it. And I just got off of Sekiro, which won Game of the Year. Awesome combat game that Jedi Fallen Order is trying to imitate. And this guy, Cal Kestis, with his weird jaw. Um, no, he's, he's a real guy. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, that guy plays Joker in uh, Gotham. The show Gotham. Well, you know what? I didn't like Gotham either. So that guy <laughs> needs to get a better agent. You know? That guy. Yo, he's coming for heads, folks. He's coming for heads. Cut with the lightsaber, cutting it right off, dude. No, no, no. Okay, so it I gave it a shot. I got about I did the hardest difficulty. And it just wasn't responsive. You press L1 and it's like you would think it would block right away. You press L1 and then he goes, Whoa. and you have to a lot for this this like 0.7 second thing and getting off of a game that's so tight that it's like really yeah. rewarding. You have to like relearn. Then he's so floaty. 
you'll be sprinting with R3 and you'll go to jump and he like jumps with no momentum. Just little things like that that really got me. And then it just started bugging. I started getting clipped in the floor and I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this, guys. I'm sorry. Um, but that with the PS5. Yeah, now you're playing it on the PS5. Uh, I'm sure they, yeah, they uh, patched up all those issues because we, we pretty much beat it around like the month that it came out. It, was, it wasn't it was a very yeah. long game. Right, um, right. So, but now PS5 you get to experience it on the PS5. Yeah, with the 60 frames, man. How's yeah, that? Yeah, 60 frames. It just feels great. The game feels a lot better. And I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. I've been putting some time in it. Um, I like the world. I like how, uh, you know, it, it's, I think it's like five years or so after, uh, not Empire, Revenge of the Sith. And um, it's just cool to be, in Star Wars, like learning something new because I haven't been spoiled with the game yet, so I'm yeah, enjoying it. Yeah. I'm, I'm on that uh, Dathomir or something like that. It's like an all red planet. Oh yeah, it's like, like a hellish kind of planet. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. So I'm back there because I I went there in the beginning to get the yeah double lightsaber. Easy um, plat though. It's fun. Yeah, it's. I hope so. I don't know what the parameters are yet. It's not too hard. You, you with other games that you've like platted. I don't know how. This one will be like a piece of cake for you. Um, then there's this other game, Cyberpunk, that I've been trying to play, but it's just the bugs have been insane. Even on the PS5, it still crashes. So I'm just pretty much waiting until they patch it up. I think this either the end of this month or or it's February where they're coming out with a huge patch. Yeah, the PS5 patch was going to give us the ray tracing and all that. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, same thing. When Cyberpunk came out, uh, I didn't have a PS5 yet. And running it on the PS4 was supposed to be the biggest game ever. You know what I mean? I think it still sold more than anything else in pre-orders, even for the people that returned it. But I put it in. I was like, this is... There's a little lackluster. Like, this doesn't look so good. Yeah, exactly. I remember my brother was playing it too, and I I felt kind of bad because he wanted the game really bad. And I was on the fence about it, but we split it. You know, we split it to do the digital sharing thing. Yeah. And he was like, nah, man, don't don't get it if you don't want it. I was like, nah, let, let's get it. I know it's a big game. Um, Keanu's in it. Let, let's get it. That was my my um, point to get it. It was just because Keanu's in it, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm in it yeah. for this guy. So I started playing, and it was, like, really sluggish. It didn't look that good. After coming off The Last of Us 2... And Ghost of Tsushima, which those games like push amazing games, like, man. Yo, it's just video games yeah. could be. It really felt like a like a peak PS3 game. And then I got stuck in a tutorial. My game crashed. And I'm like, there's something up with this game. And I remember the next day is when it started blowing up on my YouTube feed, like Cyberpunk getting sued and everything. I was like, Yeah, get return it, get your money back, Best Buy taking returns, all of that. Yeah, my brother got in deep. I know he he was yeah. like 15 hours in. And he was like, oh, really? No, yeah. He, he luckily didn't have any glitches or anything, but I always get the glitches, man. I don't know why. It's yeah, yeah, no, same. I've, I've gotten crashes, and I feel like with the update, they're also going to fix, you know, the graphics and everything. So instead of me putting in, fit like, say 10 15 hours in it i would rather want to see the full effect of that game before i i fully emerge into it i've only got like two hours in into it so far same dude maybe like an hour and a half yeah 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 man so 
but the, again, PS5 just came out. Super big innovation is happening. I'm excited for uh, mm-hmm. a Horizon Zero Dawn. That was an amazing mm-hmm. game for PS4. Um, what other games are coming out that I... You got God, God of War Ragnarok? God of War? Yes, dude. All they needed to show you at the end of the, the keynote. The symbol, bro. Yeah. Blew everybody's mind. Yeah, so that's another one, dude. I can't wait. I can't wait. But, uh, yo, thank you for coming, dude. This was amazing. Of course, man. I was really not trying to do two hours, but the conversation was just amazing. I just wanted to keep learning, picking your brain and everything. Um, yeah, it was fun. I, I, don't, I don't really talk about myself so much. So I was like analyzing all these memories. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so nostalgic because you were there for, for half of that. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. My, my art life. And I was just filling in the blanks at this point and just, you know, figuring out what else I needed to know. But, uh, yo, thank you for coming. I'm definitely going to have you again. This was yeah, second episode man. of the podcast and you're going to be back for sure, man. Just let me know. All right, bro. See ya. All right, peace out, man.